Welcome to Leader Talks with Anne-Marie Pham, where I sit down with thought leaders across Canada to discuss the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion. This podcast aims to create awareness, showcase a variety of perspectives, and inspire courage for all of us to create more diverse, equitable, and inclusive workplaces and communities for all. I am your host, Anne-Marie Pham, CEO of the Canadian Centre for Diversity and Inclusion. As CCDI celebrates its 10-year anniversary in 2023, we welcome you to today's episode of Leader Talks Season 2. Hello everyone and welcome. August the 12th is International Youth Day. And it's really a day for us to highlight the contributions of young people around the world. Youth play such a vital role in our society because they have the energy, the creativity, the potential, and the capacity to make change happen for themselves, for their communities, and for the rest of the world. And so to mark this occasion, I am really honored and excited to introduce you to Selena Starling. I had the opportunity to meet Selena when I was in Winnipeg a few months ago for a speaking engagement. And after connecting with her, I felt compelled to use this podcast platform to elevate and amplify her story. Let me tell you a little bit about Selena. Selena is really deeply committed and passionate about her role as a facilitator and recent co-owner of the community of Big Hearts in Winnipeg. And this is where she plays a really important role in facilitating Truth and Reconciliation Commission workshops. And in this role, Selena actively promotes truth and reconciliation, striving to foster understanding and unity in both the business and community and beyond. And what really sets Selena apart is her profound personal connection to Canada's child welfare system. Through her own lived experiences, she bravely shares her story and she creates real, meaningful, profound impacts, helping to raise awareness about the challenges that individuals face in the system. And I think you'll be really excited and interested to hear about her authentic story that involves empathy and really helps us to think about ways in which we can all be change makers and catalysts for healing across Canada. Selena is a young person, but she's wise and strong and advocates for necessary reforms. And she seeks to create this brighter future for those affected by the system's shortcomings. So let's hear her story today. Welcome, Selena, to our CCDI Leader Talks podcast. I'm so excited to hear your unique story and what we can learn from you today. Hi, Anne-Marie. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited. Thank you for that incredible introduction. That was beautiful. Thank you. Oh, you're most welcome and you deserve it. You know, I work with a lot of young people and I'm always inspired by their story and in light of everything that's happened in their lives, how much resilience and commitment they have, especially if they believe in a particular cause, right? And so I just read your biography here, but beyond your biography, tell us, who are you? Tell us a little bit more about who Selena is about your value, your vision, or anything else that you'd like to share? Yeah, a little bit about me is, I mean, besides the business atmosphere, I love to network and I love to meet people. And I love hearing about lived experiences. 
getting to hear other people's stories and who they are beyond just the biography or beyond what their LinkedIn page says. I love to hear everyone's story and I learn so much about the world that way. For myself and how I grow and everything I do on a daily basis, it's by learning and engaging with the public and with communities that I'm in. So right now I get to work with people in the younger generations and the youth. Getting to work with youth, people the same age as me, I get to see how I can grow as a young person. And right now I work with youth on reserve and youth in different community atmospheres here in Winnipeg. Mm, that's great. So you really have that deep ongoing connection with young people in the community, which is fantastic. Yes. It keeps things relevant, right? Exactly. Good stuff. So why, Selena, are you so interested in systemic change of the foster care system? Can you tell us more about your story? Yeah, I believe there can be change. I have seen changes happen for people, but I really want to see the systems change and reform their systems to help our younger generations. For myself, being put in the foster care system, I was put in when I was four. And the way I was put in is I was walking down the street and there was two ladies and they went, they came, they came out of their van, picked my sister and I up and threw us in. And that you would typically think is like a kidnapping. But the fact that it's legal and this happens to almost every indigenous youth here in Winnipeg, it's heartbreaking. Because I see so many children in the foster care system that look like me. And knowing that I was in it, it's something that I need to change and something that needs to change to help these youth. It's a genocide in itself. Many people compare our foster care system to the new residential schools. It is a way to assimilate our youth and make us more Euro-Canadian. It's a way for us to be more Canadian citizens and to be what they want us to be. When I entered the foster care system, there was no supports. There was nothing for me to learn who I was culturally. There was nothing for me to learn what my family was, learn who I was beyond a foster care person. When I entered the foster care system only at four years old, I still had the trauma of the four years of being neglected and seeing addiction from my biological mother. I saw the hurt and the abuse that my mother faced. There was no systems put in place for me to heal and grow when I was put into foster care. It was just, you're placed in another house. You are placed into a household where you don't know this person. And when I did eventually move in with my auntie, who became my foster parent, and I'm so privileged and honored to have her as my foster parent, because the main goal of the foster care system is to keep you a family. But when I was put in the system, I had no connection to who I was. I had no idea who I was culturally, and my culture and my family was cut off decades ago because of many of the systems that Canada has put in place for my family and for Indigenous peoples. But for our younger generations, a reconciliation, it means nothing right now because there are so many systems put in place to hurt us and to keep us behind the rest of Canada's society. You mentioned earlier that many of the Indigenous children were also scooped up like you were and your sister were. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like there's overrepresentation, I guess, of Indigenous kids in yes. the foster care system. And what's the systemic issue behind that? Why are they being put into the foster care system? 
So here in Canada, Manitoba has the highest rates of Indigenous youth in foster care. There is, I believe in 2022, the statistic was almost 90% of the youth in foster care were Indigenous. And overall for Canada is 53%. So more than half of the youth in Canada that are in foster care are Indigenous. And living in Winnipeg and having the highest number of Indigenous youth in foster care, it's so scary. There are so many statistics that are horrible and harsh towards Indigenous young people for, I believe, a huge reason that there's a large number of youth in care is because we haven't gotten over that intergenerational trauma. The main reason why people think that Indigenous adults aren't fit parents and that our parents aren't able to take care of us is because of this intergenerational trauma. For my parents, I know that abuse and alcoholism wasn't just something that came up one day. It wasn't just something that randomly occurred. I know that the alcoholism stemmed in my family. It started after my grandma was in the 60s scoop and she was in residential school and she had to find a coping mechanism to deal with all of the trauma that she faced in residential schools. So that kind of trickled down to my mother, had that snowball effect, and I got larger and I got harder to deal with because it wasn't dealt with after that, after her 60 scoop, after losing who she was as a person. It went to my mother, my biological mom. And from there, it led to my sister and seeing that generation, seeing how much bigger it got and seeing how the harm just got 10 times worse over time. It's scary. For my sister, she went into the sex trade here in in Winnipeg. She had alcoholism. She is a drug addict. Seeing how everything got 10 times worse because we didn't stop the issue when it was happening. Right now with foster care, we aren't helping our young people. We aren't giving them the resources that they need to heal, to cope, and to find out who they are. Culture is a huge aspect of Indigenous people's life that most of us in foster care don't have or don't have access to. Living in one of the biggest cities in Manitoba, you don't have access to your culture. You don't have access to resources to help you learn, to help you grow. Right now, it's kind of like being stuck in a bubble and people telling you who you should be, the stereotypes that you're living up to. Being known as an Indigenous youth in foster care, you are just living a stereotype. It is so hard to break the barriers that are set in place. When... People see me in my story. I am now a president of a company. I am now a co-owner. I am one in a million. There is no stories that end up like mine. The stories that most Indigenous youth end up like are my sister. Young children with FASD, born into the world with fatal alcohol spectrum. It's just so absurd that our young people have so many barriers against them right at birth. It is not fair that we have to find a way to cope with the generational trauma of 60s scoop, residential schools, the millennium scoop. It is just, there's so many things against us right when we're born. And here in Manitoba, we don't have really any resources to help us combat that problem right when it starts. I am still trying to figure out how I ended up in such a great place. And where I am today, because there's really no youth that are ending up like me. I am so privileged and honored to be in the position I am here today, but 
I wish that I was able to give the opportunities to youth that did live in the situation that I did and that are constantly living a day-to-day life of an Indigenous foster kid or an Indigenous child that is in a gang. It's just finding ways when Indigenous youth are in gangs, finding ways to meet your human needs, which is a big problem in itself. But the foster care system is really where my heart lies because I see what needs to change. And I know what needs to change. Just It's a system that's impossible to reform right now. Well, Selena, what a story about your family and the multiple generations and the trauma that they've had to endure over the generations. And thank you for sharing about your story in relation to your sister's story and how she's still, you know, actively in the system and experiencing the trauma. And I think that you make also a very valid point because I would say a lot of Canadians may not realize that the 60s scoop where the children, Indigenous children in the 60s were taken away from their family to put into the foster care system actually is still going on in 2023. Exactly. And that is maybe a wake-up call for some folks. Just like a few years ago, when all over the news, Canadians realized that there are Indigenous graves of Indigenous children across Canada, which Indigenous communities have been telling us over and over and over again. So I think the wake-up call needs to happen, right? And I think that the stories like yours that you're sharing so openly with all of us to educate us. We need to be able to think about that, reflect about that, and say to ourselves, what can I do then, right? And so the question for all of us who are tuning in and listening in, especially those of us who are not Indigenous, right? I am an immigrant settler to Canada. I came at the age of 15, and I remembered that for many, many years, I didn't know anything about the history of Indigenous people. It wasn't taught in schools. And... I learned about it because of my sociology undergrad degree, and I started to take some courses about that, and it just was shocking to me, right? And folks are doing more of those conversations, but I think we're only skimming the surface. And there's still a lot of division and polarization and misinformation out there regarding intergenerational trauma, what it means, and how do you give Indigenous people agency and self-determination when they have to address so many systemic barriers which you have shared with us. So in this place where we are right now, what could we do to support truth and reconciliation as a non-Indigenous person? What would be some of your recommendations? Definitely put yourself in the community. Understand how people got in the position they are. because. There's so many people that walk down the street and see the homeless and see people that are underserved, underprivileged, and just have automatic assumptions meeting these people and getting to understand their stories and who they are. For myself, my first time ever getting to really meet people that were of other ethnicities was when I joined a program called Can You Canada? And that's kind of my first ever introduction into realizing that I was more than just youth in foster care. In Can You Canada, a quarter of the program participants are Indigenous. It was my first time being surrounded by other people that were living the same story as I was. Can You Canada is, I really wish there was more programs like it. It's a program that brings youth to 
the University of Manitoba and they get to learn about different programs and they get to learn about different ways that they could enter the working class when they're older. For myself, I learned that I wanted to be a public speaker and that my story was extremely valuable. I believe that it was the right way to tackle reconciliation. They didn't just take me because I was Indigenous. They didn't just want me as a participant because I was Indigenous and they didn't tokenize me. They didn't use me as a percentage. They gave me opportunities and they made life more equitable for me. If we had more places that gave Indigenous youth opportunities to grow and learn who they are other than being a stereotype, I believe it would fix so many problems. If other Indigenous youth had access to programs that gave them opportunities, not just because they were Indigenous, but to give them that step up in life. We need these programs. We need these resources. We need people to understand what we have gone through and to provide opportunities to the entire minority group, entire minority groups here in Canada. I met people from countries all across the world in just this one program. I learned about people that were underserved everywhere in the world. I learned that it wasn't just me. It wasn't just the foster kids in Canada. I learned about people that weren't being served the right way by their countries, being in Canada and being in Winnipeg and seeing so many diverse people, being loved by all, getting to share my story for the past seven, eight years with people that related to me in different ways I didn't think was possible at all. Reconciliation needs to happen with our youth. I think we need to reconcile with what is happening with our younger generations right now. We are trying to reconcile with what has happened throughout history, but we really need to reconcile with what's happening now and these programs that are catered to our younger generations. It is helping us grow as people, helping us understand who we are, giving us an identity once and for all. And that is really what we're looking for is identity, not being known as a brown kid, not being known as the stereotypes that are thrown at us. Finding out who we are in a larger scale and give just opportunities, finding opportunities, giving them and being a part of the change for younger generations, I believe is going to save our world. I've seen so many young people do such incredible things just because they were given one opportunity. I love that. And you know, Selena, it makes me think about the power that each and every one of us have to make life better for somebody else. And if we're not Indigenous and we're really trying to do reconciliation work, the first part is to learn more about the history, to learn more about the systemic issues, you know, to learn more about what can I do to be a better ally, right? How can I educate myself better? How can I attend events in schools, in Indigenous communities? How do I make connections and build relations and get out of my comfort zone, recognizing that I don't know it all and just go out there and be open and be willing to help and support. And then what you're saying then to us here just now is that we need to do better for Indigenous young people. And so I'm thinking in my own sphere of influence, you know, what can I do to help Indigenous young people? I know I'm very fortunate working at CCDI that I have opportunities to meet young people 
And I was at a conference recently where newcomer youth and indigenous youth got together and they got to learn from each other's cultures. And newcomer youth had the wonderful opportunity to learn about indigenous traditions and customs and culture. And that brings people together, right? That is a great starting point from relationship building. You also make me think about the cycle of the stereotype and how it leads to reaction, right? On the person who is being stereotyped. And as an indigenous person, you know, how can we break out of the cycle of stereotypes and discrimination, right? How can we support and break that intergenerational trauma? Do you have any tips around that? So, you know, we may have an Indigenous young person tuning in right now. Based on your life experience and what you've heard from other young people, what would you suggest? For myself, it's been so hard growing up and trying to break that judgment and to break stereotypes for other people. Growing up being underprivileged and underserved and just living a life that shouldn't have been. Seeing people that had money, seeing people who lived better and were born into a world that wanted them. It has been so hard for me to break that stereotype. But learning empathy and learning how to not judge people and understand their story and where they came from, figuring out everything in their life, meeting people, talking to them, understanding their story, empathizing with them, that has been the way I've been able to break stereotypes. I've talked to people for the past couple of years and telling them my story and helping them break the stereotypes, being open with my story and what I've lived through and what I've gone through and why the systems are particularly attacking Indigenous youth and Indigenous peoples. Opening up who I am and teaching them, giving them a non-judgmental way to learn about who I am and why I'm here. It breaks stereotypes, opening up who you are and being open to receive and being open to give. Once you're able to give something to someone else, whether it be your story, whether it be a little bit of compassion, it is so easy to learn about who someone else is and to break down those stereotypes, break down those walls that are initially built up when you meet someone that is typically not the person that you'd want to meet with all of the harsh stereotypes against them. Being open enough to talk to them and opening up your heart, it definitely has helped me in many cases. And I've helped many people just by opening up my heart and telling them who I was. It breaks down the first stereotype. Mm, that's great. So a lot of work within self-awareness, self-reflection, you're talking about building empathy and really sharing of yourselves and others so that you build that environment where people can also share of themselves and creating that safe space, but also a very courageous space and building accountability in that space. So that's, that's great. My last question for you, Selena. We probably have parents tuning in right now, parents of children, of youth. What would be your words of advice for them? so that they can support their youth towards reconciliation? For parents, I believe parents need to break their stereotypes. I have met so many people that didn't like Indigenous peoples, that their first thoughts of Indigenous peoples were bad, just because their parents 
had those beliefs when they were younger and passed them on to their children. Parents need to be more open and to stop these judgments and stop passing them down throughout generations. Youth are going to succeed. Your children are going to succeed by you stopping having these harsh stereotypes towards other ethnicities. It is so hard to break down these stereotypes, but if you could be the catalyst for change in your family, if you can be that change for your child, the generations that are coming up are going to thrive and succeed because you are changing your child. You are changing the younger generations that you are encountering on a daily basis. A parent's advice and a parent's word are the first thing a child is born into. And if your parents are going to have negative thoughts about any other type of person, that's the thought you're going to carry for the rest of your life. But if you can stop that and help your child have such beautiful and empathetic views towards other diversities and other ethnicities, it's going to change the world just by you changing your mindset. Yeah, that's amazing. Parents have an incredible role to play from the time that a child is born all throughout their lives. Very well said, Selena. Thank you again for your time and your wisdom for sharing all of that with us today. That was Selena Starling, co-owner and president of Community of Big Hearts in Winnipeg. And to all of you listeners out there, thank you for joining us. Go hug a young person today and help them to grow into the wonderful person that they can be. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Leader Talk Season 2. This podcast is brought to you by the Canadian Centre for Diversity and Inclusion. To stay up to date with Leader Talks or to find and listen to previous episodes, please visit ccdi.ca slash podcasts.